Hi, I'm Deirdre Veldon, Deputy Editor of the Irish Times, and this is Confronting Coronavirus, the new daily podcast on the COVID-19 outbreak. This is the most aggressive and comprehensive effort to confront a foreign virus in modern history. Addressing COVID-19 must be a Team Canada effort. This is the worst public health crisis for a generation. We are living through unprecedented times and people in Ireland and around the world are trying to adjust to a new reality. This podcast comes to you as we here in Ireland enter a new delay phase of our response to the pandemic. We are trying to balance severe demands on individuals, the economy and our healthcare system and impositions on cultural, education and social life to slow the spread of the virus. Acting together as one nation, we can save many lives. Our economy will suffer but it will bounce back. Lost time in school or college will be recovered. And in time, our lives will go back to normal. This too will pass. We simply don't know when. And we will, all of us, remember these very difficult times. Every evening, for as long as we need to, we'll be bringing you the latest on coronavirus in Ireland. Our first guest is the Irish Times health editor, Paul Cullen who also happens to be my husband, and who has been at the front line of our reporting since this crisis began. Welcome, Paul. Thanks. Pleased to be here. So we know all schools, colleges and creches had to close since the announcement yesterday, but there does seem to be a lack of clarity about how much contact children should have with other children and with older people, in particular grandparents. Could you talk to us a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, many of us are in... As you said, uncharted waters here, it's completely new for all of us. And I think people today are finding their way for the first time and trying to work out how life is going to be for the next weeks and possibly longer. We are told that detailed guidance will be made available for parents on how they should manage their children. And the education system is going to try and get into the business of distance learning. But for the moment, um, we really are being told that we have to socially distance ourselves. And that's particularly difficult with children, as you know. Um, Already this this morning, there have been uh, differences in views, for example, about the classic uh, child get-together, which is a play date, with the Minister for Health, Simon Harris, saying, "Mm, doesn't think that's a good idea. And some of the uh, medical experts saying, well, it's okay, really. I think the point to make is that the government are trying to reduce our social interaction in order to curb the spread of the virus. And the biggest measure that they're doing this by is by limiting large gatherings. But when you come down to the um, micro level or down to the family level, you know, that, that's not as important. But it, it is something that we're going to have to work our way through. And I think for the moment, I think precautionary approach is probably the best one. This is spring. There's plenty of opportunities for children to go outdoors. But for now, until we get clearer guidance, it's probably best to limit uh, those kind of social interactions uh, and see then how how that might be explored further and how it might be extended a bit. Uh, I know it's a new situation for everybody. It's a new situation for us, but, um, you know, we we are going to work our way through it. And there has been a lot of talk about children uh, being minded by grandparents, potentially, or by, by older people. What's the current thinking on that? Well, children are, as we know, are not likely to be affected by this disease unless they have an underlying condition. Um, they may, however, be and probably will be vectors for for transmission of the disease. And that 
and that's largely because children get around a lot. You know, they, they have a lot more contacts than many adults do in their daily life. And obviously the grandparent connection is very important in many families. So that is a risk. And uh, before we closed our schools, before we made the decision to close the schools, there were arguments out there both at home and abroad saying this is not necessarily a totally good idea because obviously you're taking the children out of the classroom or out of the creche and putting them into a ver wide spectrum of different family situations. Um, and then in those family situations, many parents have to work and won't have as much control as they would like to have over the situation. So really, for the moment, we really need to keep children away from grandparents. I think that's just the simple situation. And certainly anybody who, who is not feeling well should keep away from older people. OK, and on that then, people have had this drilled into them over the last few days. But what does somebody do uh, when a family member develops symptoms? And, and what indeed are those symptoms now? Because the advice has changed over the last few days about what those symptoms should be. Yes, when the government brought in their uh, new measures on Thursday, they said that anybody who has symptoms, and those symptoms are kind of well known now, they're, you know, coughing, shortness of breath, a fever. Um, anybody with symptoms should self-isolate for 14 days, full stop. So there's a big change from the situation that existed before where that only applied if you had come back from northern Italy or another at-risk area. And it hasn't been entirely clear, and I've been asking questions uh, about it. Are they talking about some of those symptoms or all of those symptoms? As anyone knows with children, they develop fevers very quickly and they pass away very quickly. Uh, the clarification that I could get today is that if you have a new cough or a new fever that you didn't have before, then you should consider yourself at risk and you should self-isolate. And then we'll take away the full stop and we'll say you should then seek medical help. And that, in this stage of our lives, will be by the telephone with your GP. So ring the GP. The GP will make an assessment and make further contact public health people. And they, in their further assessment, may decide you need to be tested. That's as much as we know now at the moment. So that is a cough or a fever. One you didn't have both. before, yeah, a new development in your health status. I mean, it is a new disease. People are learning more about it all the time. What have we learned in recent days about how this is being transmitted? Well, we know already from various studies from China that obviously every, I think everybody knows this stage, this affects older people uh, much more than younger people. It affects men more than women. Um, but there was an interesting new study that published in The Lancet there, which gives us some hope, actually. It was of one of the first uh, cases, confirmed cases in the US. It was in Illinois. And it concerned a woman in her 60s who traveled to Wuhan, came back, brought back the virus, uh, gave it to her husband. And then they uh, traced um, 372 contacts of this couple. What they found is in the study was that actually none of the contacts picked up the disease in spite of being close or casual contacts. And also they found that, as you would find with any group of several hundred people, 43 of those, that group of people developed fevers or coughs or whatever, but they weren't COVID-19. They were other flus and winter, winter bugs and so on. But obviously that would must have caused a lot of distress for those people and, and required testing. But the good news was that this uh, disease transmitted in very close contact between a husband and wife, not good news for them, obviously, but it struggled to 
be passed on into the wider community. And that goes back to some of the Chinese studies which found that most of the transmission that was found in Hubei province where this whole thing started was actually within families uh, and not in what we call the community. In other words, you didn't get it walking down the street by and large. I mean, obviously there are cases and the numbers were massive, but, but by and large it occurs through close contact. Uh, we call that over 15 minutes, being closer than one metre, you know, and that's the way it happens. And that's why they want to distance people from each other to, to minimise the uh, possibility of that occurring. We're hearing today, Paul, about the HSE looking for extra bed capacity wherever it can find it. Tell us a bit about that. So at the moment, you know, we have a limited number of cases. We have six patients uh, as of uh, Friday morning anyway, who are in uh, ICU uh, needing the highest level of care. Those numbers are going to rise a lot, but we need different kinds of beds. For the very sick, we need ICU beds. For many patients will will treat themselves at home. They'll be able to just go into self-isolation and get better quickly. They're younger ones, as we know. And then others will require some sort of minding and care. And a lot of that, the government's efforts at the moment is find to find places where that might happen. They are talking to hotels. for This would be for isolation rooms. Um, they would be ideal for isolation rooms, I think. Um, also army barracks and other centres. And they're also talking about setting up a network of um, testing centres around the country, up to 12, I think, um, where people would go in and be able to be tested. Just in terms of the current restrictions, there's been a lot of talk about how long they will last. The, the thinking seems to be that, OK, they're scheduled to last at the moment until the, the 29th of March, uh, but that there is a strong likelihood that they will be extended beyond that. What's your view? Yeah, this is the big worry, obviously. Um, I think society is geared up to take harsh medicine, tough medicine for a month or so. Um, what people mightn't be mentally prepared for is a longer haul. And uh, certainly there might be a fear, when you, particularly when you look at how the British are reacting, that these harsh measures, they're stringent measures that have been put in place, if they have been put in place too early and have to go on too long, then compliance will fall away. So if you're looking at schools, for example, um, they've talked about reviewing it in March and, and you know, the end date is the 29th of March, but that's only about 10 days away from the Easter holidays. So in practical terms, I can't see this happening, uh, that schools would reopen until after the Easter holidays. And even then, who knows? So there have been um, mutterings, no, no, there were no clear signals, obviously, but that this could last for some months. So we've seen today plans to release trainee Gardaí into the force ahead of schedule. And there are also plans for doctors to qualify um, or to take their, their final exams earlier than scheduled. There seems to be a, a big move on to make public servants uh, in key areas available. Yeah, we're going to see big changes in the way or in the areas that pu public servants are working over the next few months. Um, this is a real manpower issue for the health services initially, but also wider society as well. Um, we need uh, huge numbers of uh, manpower to go and trace the contacts of people who have the disease, track them down so that we can find them and test them. Um, we need people to care for people who are in isolation rooms or in other forms of care. And um, we still need uh, police on the, on, on the street. So what we're seeing is a certain amount of clearing out of people who are in training, getting them out quickly. Um, so we've seen medical exams done early. We've seen uh, moves to move, get student guards um, uh, in their uniforms quicker. Um, 
where we, the health service is talking to all doctors who have retired in the last four years to try and get them back into into harness and uh, all sorts of moves like this. Um, and we're going to see a massive redeployment as well, both within the HSC, away from administrative roles and towards more frontline work, and also perhaps also from other departments into helping with the what is a kind of a war type effort uh, that we've never seen before. OK, thank you, Paul. Thank you. In other news today, 20 new cases of COVID-19 were confirmed in the Republic of Ireland, bringing the total to 90. Minister for Health Simon Harris announced that anyone returning home from Spain or Italy will be asked to restrict their movements and stay home from work for the next two weeks. Seems logical if we're now telling people not to travel to these countries, that the people who have travelled to the countries would take additional precautions when they return. The government of Denmark, where 800 cases have been detected, has announced it will close its borders for a month from tomorrow. Meanwhile, Justin Trudeau is in self-isolation after his wife tested positive for the virus. I want to be clear, I have no symptoms and I'm feeling good. And technology allows me to work from home. Of course, it's an inconvenience and somewhat frustrating. We are all social beings after all. But we have to do this because we have to protect our neighbours and our friends, especially our more vulnerable seniors and people with pre-existing conditions. This is Confronting Coronavirus. For unlimited access to journalism from the Irish Times, go to irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe.